everybody. Thanks for listening to The Press. I'm Darnay Tripp. It is good to be back after a little bit of time away and uh, with an episode that I'm really, really excited about. Episode 13 featuring Gabe Marks. Gabe is, when I decided to do the podcast, Gabe was right there at the top of the list of people that I wanted to have on and really, really glad that we were able to connect Covered him during his time at Washington State University. Uh, when it comes to athletes that I've covered in now 10 years doing the TV thing, which that in and of itself is kind of hard to believe, uh, Gabe is right there at the top in terms of my favorites. Not just what he did as a player, uh, dynamic, record-breaking, wide out for the Cougs, um, but, but who he was and who we got to know off the field. Uh, in terms of interviews, he, he is tough to beat. He's smart, engaging, thoughtful, uh, unique personality, a lot of different interests, uh, very unpredictable. You never really knew what you were going to get out of Gabe, and, and that's what made it fun. And he was never afraid to speak his mind, and that was certainly uh, refreshing. So really, really just enjoyed my time covering him. He went undrafted this past spring, got picked up by... Uh, I got a camp invite from the New York Jets. I didn't end up getting a roster spot. We talked about that experience and just kind of the disappointment of, of how things played out. Got into a lot of different things. His background growing up in Venice, California, a pretty tough area, and then transitioning to Pullman, Washington, very different surroundings and, and just the struggle of of making that sort of move, you know, as an 18-year-old, basically. And then current events, of course, the national anthem protests spent a lot of time on that, just getting his thoughts on, on everything that's gone on, uh, starting with Colin Kaepernick over a year ago, and then his thoughts on the 4-0, unbeaten Washington State University Cougars as they get ready for a big-time matchup Friday against fifth-ranked USC, uh, his thoughts on the team, that's WSU, and uh, the opponent and the Trojans and, and what it's going to take to uh, get to 5-0 and on the season. So just a lot of fun. Gabe was really, really generous with his time. I appreciate that. Hope you enjoy it. Episode 13 of The Press with Gabe Marks. What have the last kind of few months been like? Because we haven't had a chance to hear too much uh, from you just kind of since the draft and all that. Uh, I, I yeah. want to just kind of start by getting into that process and, and, you know, leading up to where you're at now and kind of what your plans are. Uh, it's, been a, uh, it's, been a, it's been a it's been a long ride, you know what I mean? It's a, been exhausting. It's been uh, exciting, deflating. Uh all that you know it's been a, a hell of a ride um i don't know it's a very unique thing that you go through that only a few people get the chance to experience i'm one of those guys that got got a chance to experience it and uh you know i don't know people don't people don't understand what goes into it you know what i mean it's really a lot it's really a lot you know so um yeah, I've just been trying to trying to take it one day at a time. Yeah, you you referring to the pre-draft stuff, or is it all of it? Once you get on with the team, yeah, all like of, the Jets, all of it, all of it. All of it. Yeah, so, I mean, especially as an undrafted guy, like they, you hear the stories, and everybody knows it's like it's crazy, and you gotta like you gotta do everything everything perfect, and show up early, and stay late, and all that, all that stuff. If you're an undrafted guy, just for a chance to you know, maybe make the last cut and all that stuff, you know what I mean? So it's a, it's a lot. And especially guys like, uh, like you've had a lot of success in college and stuff like that. And you've seen a lot of success and, uh, you think, you, you know, you think you're a pretty good player and then you get there and like everybody is that guy and you're at the bottom, you, you start at the bottom of that, that totem pole of everybody being that guy, you know what I mean? So it's really kind of like, it tests it tests you as a person for sure. How were you doing after the draft? How was I doing after the draft? Yeah. Uh, I was. I mean, you can imagine. You know, uh, I was. Uh, it was pretty devastating. You know, uh, 
don't know. I was confused and all that stuff, and you know, thinking about all the things in, during the draft process, and you know what you could do better, and uh, what more you could have done in college, and trying to figure all that out. And I didn't, I didn't really have anything. And it's like I could, you know, I regret not doing that. So I mean, I just kind of came to grips with that. That's just how it was going to be, and you know. Uh, as long as you did, as long as you did all you could do, you know, what are you gonna do? Do you feel like you were able to do that once you got to the Jets? Like the the disappointment, the frustration that you had, you were able to kind of set that aside and and kind of put all you know everything you had into the rookie camp and then camp with the Jets. Uh, yeah, for the for the most part, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, I did every, I I did everything that I could that I thought I could do, you know what I mean? I don't have any regrets about what happened with that, you know? Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really, uh, it doesn't keep me up at night, you know what I mean? What, what I played, was... I played, I played, I've always played, I always played hard, you know, when I got the opportunity. What was the first camp experience like, just kind of being out there? You mentioned the level of competition and everything. Uh, what did you take from that experience in New York? Uh, uh, there's a lot of everybody's everybody's really good, obviously. But I, we played played in a pretty good conference. But even in even in the Pac-12, which is one of the best conferences, that has some of the most talented athletes, it's still like a a whole other it's still a whole other level. You know what I mean? So uh, I think that the, the most the most uh, the thing that you the thing that you notice that notice uh the quickest is out of anybody on the on the field is the cornerback boy because th- these guys are like I, these guys these nfl corners are like they're like superhuman you know what i mean <laughs> like it's another different special kind of person that can play defensive back in nfl at a high level and i got i got i got a chance to play a, I got a chance to practice against um uh, Claiborne, Mo Claiborne, mm-hmm. Buster Scrine, mm-hmm. and those those guys. Like I was like, who can like who can be better than these guys? Like what <laughs> what you know? Like what's Patrick Peterson must be like? It, it makes you uh have to take a step back and look at the go back to the drawing board and figure out how you can beat a guy and stuff like that. How surprised were you with the way it all played out ultimately, just with the roster decisions and and the practice squad decisions and all that? Um, I mean, I, I was I was surprised. I thought uh, I thought we had a we had a pretty good thing, and uh, I had a good relationship with the. I thought I had a pretty good relationship with the coach, with my coach and the coaches, offensive coordinator, and all like that. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, they just decided to go another way. I mean, they tell you it's part of the business, you know. So, you know, that's uh, that's all I know about it. You know, is that that's just that's just how it went. I thought I played pretty good, and when I got opportunities to play you know what i mean uh when i play at practice and stuff like that to you know get on the practice squad or whatever but uh you know it, it doesn't it doesn't uh keep me up you know i think i can do a lot of a lot of things in, in my life and i plan on doing a lot of things in my life uh, other than just just that so you know not uh deterred so in confidence where are you with professional football where am I with professional football? Because in hearing you, I mean, it sounds like you're ready to explore other things. I might be reading it wrong, um, but are, are there still? Are you still working at that? Is that still the ultimate goal, or are you trying to still kind of move in the direction, look for opportunities elsewhere? I mean, explore all parts of life. I want a full life, you know, and uh, that goes beyond football. So. Uh, I'm looking at other things. I want to do other. I'm, I obviously want to do other things and just play football, from what you could probably guess from talking to me over the years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that's what it is. What what piques your interest right now? What gets you excited? Um, what what gets me excited right now is uh this podcast that I got coming up with with my one of my good friends. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm kind of interested in uh doing uh some uh television stuff i don't know maybe like um some uh 
college analyst or commentator or something like that. What can we expect from the podcast itself? Maybe I could, maybe I can learn how to make a few drinks. You know, maybe do some bartending <laughs> somewhere. I don't know. It's also a valuable. Anything skill. can happen. Yeah, want to want to be uh, well rounded. People want bartenders that can talk too. Like it, you're providing entertainment as well. So I think those skill sets would work well hand in hand. <laughs> exactly. What can we expect from the podcast itself? I know you tweeted out like, "Hey, if you ever listen to me in the media, if you ever enjoyed an interview, listen," because that's kind of what you're yeah. gonna get. Is that is that the idea more or less? Yeah, no, yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's gonna be um, it's, we call it a sports a sports uh, sports talk show, uh, but it's gonna be loosely based on sports, uh, outlined by sports, and we're gonna talk about whatever we we want to talk about. We got different topics on about everything: entertainment, politics, uh, race, sports. Um, you know, different sports, you know, whatever, whatever's in the current, um, the current news for people who kind of want to talk about that and just things that interest us, you know, things that are happening to, to the, the cult, the, the culture in LA and how, um, you see things changing, probably not for the better in the city, you know what I mean? So that, you know, just real, um, just real, uh, real talking by some, real guys you know what I mean how is it being home I mean it's not bad LA's not bad you know <laughs> like family and stuff like that I have I, I've been doing a five-year stint they haven't really seen me a lot so this is pretty good we uh when we got a chance to sit down a couple times I I wish we had more of an opportunity to get into your background and growing up I I think about I think one line you said I was asking you about taking hits and that sort of thing and you said something to the effect of you know, when you grew up where I grew up and you've been through a couple of skirmishes, what's catching a football and getting hit with some pads on? So I was yeah. I was always curious what those experiences were like, like what those skirmishes were like, what what stuff you went through uh, specifically that that thickened your skin and developed the toughness that we got accustomed to seeing when you were at WSU. Well, I mean, it's a uh, you got to. Our, the the community I come from was kind of uh, raise raise the children as a village instead of individually. So um, we were always around each other and stuff like that. And all the adults were like our parents, substitute parents and stuff when our parents were working and all that stuff like that. So you know we learned different things from different people, and uh, not all not not everyone that we were around was in the right. Um, right situation to be teaching kids life lessons and stuff like that so uh early on we got into um, we got into like a lot of fights and stuff like that growing up and you know i have a distinct uh a distinct um uh recollection of a time where i uh, me and me and one one of the one of my friends i grew up with wasn't my friend at the time but (laughs) Uh, we got into, we were constantly fighting. Like every time we saw each other, it was just a problem. And, uh, his uncle, he was like, you guys are going to finish this right here. You know what I mean? Not going to keep doing this in front of people and, uh, embarrassing yourself. So just get it all out right here. And it was me and this other kid and his, his uncle was watching and we just kind of, you can imagine like some John Wayne thing, but 12 year olds, we kind of just left it all in the backyard and it got pretty crazy. So, you know, just stuff like that stuff that most kids don't really, a lot of kids don't really get a chance to experience those kind of things happen in Los Angeles all the time. You know what I mean? So, uh, just a product of the environment and a couple, couple situations that could have went really the other way that didn't. And, you know, so I always played so tried to play really hard because I was grateful that I was able to get to that point. How did that end you and the other kid and this adult? Like how did we 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 get over it? No, like what was the end result? Oh, uh, literally how did it end? Yeah. Uh we we kind of just got and from what I what I remember it was uh it was a pretty it was pretty brutal the rules the rules were kind of 
he was like he he was there as like a referee to make sure it didn't get too below the belt but you know it got there a couple times and uh you know uh kind of just we both just kind of just got got tired you know and it's like all right that's it you guys are done yeah don't don't i don't it's like don't i don't want to see you guys fight anymore it's over this is this is it was there a situation i mean that's one that you uh, have some level of control with was there were there any others that that you found yourself in that uh, brought out a certain level of of fear or uncertainty about your future when you were in the position you were in in that moment uh well well yeah i mean you go to the you go to these um you go to parties out out here and there's like in high school and there's like uh you could be a 16 year old guy and the other other guys could be 16 year old guys but you don't know what part of town they come from. Everybody's raised differently. So they might look 16, but the things that they've done, they've seen, it's like, they're not really 16. They're grown ass men. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's got, it was a couple of times where, you know, and this isn't just like a singular experience. This is how it is, how it is or how it was, you know, out here. Um, and, uh, there was, some, there was some times where it was like it got a little hairy, a little questionable on what was about to happen next. And, you know, we obviously, we all made it out of it for the most part, you know, most of my friends. And, um, is there one yeah. is there one circumstance that sticks out to you? I mean, you know, there's a saying that, you know, you get into an argument, you get into a fight with somebody and they say, I'll be right back. And they go to their car and that means that you either better get out of there or you better have something to that's not a knife. You know what I mean? So it's kind of stuff like that. That was just like, I, we just kind of knew uh, when enough was enough and to get out of there before things escalated to other things. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's just kind of things that you just learn. You pick up on certain keys of when things are going to get out of hand. So, do you consider yourself fortunate that you you made it through and you're able to get out, get a college education, and and you know, because I'm I'm sure there's plenty of situations of people that aren't as fortunate as you. Yeah, I'm obviously obviously I'm I'm fortunate as hell. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> there's so many there's so many uh, other people in LA that are that are far better athletes than than I am. You know what I mean? That could have easily done what I did you know what I mean but they didn't they just got caught up into the wrong the wrong direction took the wrong turn somewhere off the interstate and you know they're not they didn't get that opportunity so I'm I've always uh understood that and appreciated that and a lot of my friends were I've said before were better athletes than I was that I grew up with and I was with every day were like this guy is this guy's special you know what I mean they didn't get that opportunity and they you know some take the wrong way and then, you know, life kind of fold, unfolds in front of you after that, you know. How has losing your dad at such a young age affected you? How has it affected me? Um, and I guess even now, I mean, just... now, now that you're, you know, you're a young adult, you know what I mean? You're, uh, yeah. you're, you're not a kid anymore. I mean, I mean, there's, there's a, I mean, obviously the normal things that, that boys learn from their dads when they're growing up, you know, little lessons and stuff like that. When I was at school, I'd find myself, uh, you know, it's not often, but occasionally, like I didn't, I didn't learn that, you know, like, you know, changing the tires and, you know, what's under the hood and all that, you know, just dad, son stuff, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't get that opportunity to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, but like I said, it was a community, it was like a, a village thing raising me and my friends and our generation of kids that come out of there. So, um, they were, everybody was pretty good friends with my dad. So they, you know, always had a father figure somewhere around, you know, in some shape or form, you know, that, that helped a lot. Um, the, the aggression and all that stuff kind of kind of started coming out after that and I was fortunate enough that my mom was able to 
um, channel it into football and other things, basketball and all that stuff. So, you know, it, um, it worked out. It's like super unfortunate and, you know, but, you know, like you gotta keep, gotta keep living, you know, always tell her you can't, uh, can't stay stuck in something when something's not working. You gotta just find a way to do something else. And I've always, uh, I've always been big on that. So that's what I just keep doing. I just keep trying to reinvent and, and do something else. And, you know, try to stay happy once you're not happy you do something else and that's what that's what happens how was it in terms of getting to pullman and being in such a different environment from what you were used to and maybe uh, not having to have your defenses up so to speak or, or not having to worry about somebody saying all right i'm gonna go to my car and that's it's that sort of thing uh yeah i mean it was obvious it's obviously different uh, you can just look at the look at a couple of police reports. You'd see that I was having adjustment issues. Yeah, transitioning into a, a for the most part safe environment. You know, sometimes uh, in Pullman, as we know, as in many places of the, of the of our country, you know, sometimes things get said that you know cross lines, and you know, I, I had to learn how to adjust and how to deal with people. On a, in a more um, in a more uh, socially acceptable way than just getting into fights and stuff all the time, and that was pretty important to, for me to just staying in school, you know, let alone anything else, you know, which was you know questionable <laughs> going into probably the second portion of my career at WSU. So I had to just I had, like I said I had to reinvent myself again and you know rethink how I was. I was dealing with things and dealing with people and, you know, change how I was doing it and, and it worked out. Do you reach a kind of a comfort level? I mean, it seems like you did just from being around you and kind of witnessing you the way we at least were able to. Um, did you, were you able to kind of feel like you could relax at a certain point and, you know, not, not have to oh, worry yeah. about those things? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've told, I mean, I've totally changed. As a, as, you know, my outlook on it, on most things has changed three or four times when I was at school, you know what I mean? So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you could obviously tell that I was, um, was very comfortable in my environment towards the, towards the last couple of years that I was able to chat with you, you know? And, uh, yeah, it was a good, it was a good experience. Talking about recent sports issues. I mean, the, the one that everybody's talking about, of course, is the, anthem protests and uh we enjoyed your uh kind of limited back and forth with coach leach uh, i guess it was monday night i want to say uh what what have you made of everything that's gone on in the nfl and then particularly this last weekend when the whole thing ramped up because of what the president said well look if i told you everything i'd, I'd be missing part of my spiel from for Sunday, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to tell yourself and tell everybody you know that you know if you are interested, which we are, and to find find me on Sunday. Now, now there there's something in the TV business we call a tease, and that was a pretty good tease. But sometimes you give a little with hopes that people will come back for a lot. So, is there anything you can give us? Uh, is there anything I can give you? about that about that that did, topic did, are you are you are you worried about that part of the conversation after sunday was it getting too far away from the point too far away well, from yeah. the the conversation that Colin Kaepernick started because again yeah well the the only the only reason the only reason that it's it's gotten it's gotten too far away from the point is because people refuse to um people refuse to uh, have always refused in our history of our country to not acknowledge the point that's being made, the point that is being made for, since you know the beginning of our country. You know, um, the issue of inequality due to skin color and you know the problem of race in this country and the way people of color are treated. You know they're going to keep spinning spinning the yarn and saying they don't understand and like about the flag and don't disrespect the military and all that stuff. They're going to keep spinning that yarn until they 
they're blue in the face. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's that the, the problem that why it's so hard to talk about race in America is because both sides just keep going in circles and, you know, you know, I, I'd like to think that everybody's opinion matters, but sometimes uh, you got to admit you're wrong. It's definitely, it definitely is getting, I feel like it's getting watered down. When you get a chance to have a conversation with some, I mean, the, the, the whole thing with Coach Leach was a perfect example. When you, when you do get a chance to have a productive, respectful conversation with, with, a, with a captive audience, so to speak, what's the biggest thing that you do want to get across to people that who just don't see it or understand it or, or you know, experience? Not to say that Leach is in that camp, but for the people that are in that camp, like what, what what's the most important thing to get across in your eyes, you think? People are people, you know, and, and it's a, it's a human, it's like, we're all, we're, we're all fighting for the survival of the human race. You know what I mean? And some people just kind of want the human race to be one specific part of the whole human race. That was, that isn't really different from anybody else. They just tend to have a lighter skin complexion. You know what I mean? That's all it is. Yeah. Where I get frustrated is if people refuse to, you know, <laughs> accept that that they're they're not they're not right. You know what I mean? And there is a problem. And when people refuse, when people believe so strongly about something, it's like the the it's like the the same conversation that. That's why they say don't talk about religion and politics at dinner. It's the same conversation about religion. You know, one side thinks that it's we should believe the scientists and people that are the smartest people of, of our species in the world. And they're trying to give us the closest thing to facts that they can give us. And then the other side is just like, can't shake my faith. You know what I mean? So it's just like, you just kind of go in circles about it. And that's why these, these conversations become taboo, but they, they can't become that. They, they can't become taboo because once you stop talking about, the two, the two main issues of our world and the two things that lead to the most violence and destruction of other human beings. Once you stop talking about that, then the world's going to go to hell. So, you know, I ha- I had a thought on Sunday, and I, I was I was kind of frustrated with myself that I'd even go down this road, uh, but it it has been frustrating seeing the way the anthem protests have been received. And so the thing I thought was, is there a different way to do it? Maybe the anthem thing just isn't going to work because it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if there's well, a different way to do it. Well, that's, that this was, is what he chose to do. That's his platform. Yeah, that's his platform where everybody could see him doing something, and he took a knee instead of sitting down because one of his teammates who's in the military asked him out of respect if he could do that for him. So he's not doing. He didn't do that with malicious intent. He's just trying to get people to to acknowledge something that this country refuses to acknowledge or at least you know some parts of this country it's ridiculous and and i'm not i'm not trying to make it about the anthem what i was saying is that's been the response of so many people and i i guess my question is does does it even matter how players like Colin Kaepernick and Malcolm Jenkins and Michael Bennett and so on and so forth go about it will it always in your mind, face this type of resistance? Does, does the fact that he does it during the national anthem or if he picked another time to do it or some other medium or platform, would it always face this type of resistance uh, just because of is, the is, topic they're bringing, they're trying to present to people that may not necessarily want to address it? It's, it's always going to, we're always going to run into some form of a wall when we try to, when people try to address this issue. You know what I mean? Because... Like, if you think about, you got to think about how our country became this country out based off the, a system of capitalism and exploitation of others. Yeah, kind of, uh, uh, the exploitation of others and somebody has to be the exploiter. And from for most of our history up until this point, and even before the, the United States is even a thing, uh, you know, the... Uh, the people that have been exploited have been 
for any for whatever reason a little bit of darker skin our, our ability to adapt and innovate and all that stuff has already probably took us farther than we were supposed to go in the evolutionary chain anyway so we need to keep adapting and i don't think that we're on important on the most important issues like uh, racial issues and um uh, and um and climate change and um uh, you know the capitalism and all that stuff and we won't address the fact that maybe you know some things that were written 3000 years ago or 2000 years ago might just be you know moral lessons and not be real actual things that people need to live and die by you know what i mean mm-hmm. So, so how, and I'm sure this is something you've looked into, like, how does this change? I mean, you've got you know, guys like Doug Baldwin are talking to local police. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins in Philly is big on prison reform. You know, it's it's at government levels, uh, local levels, like the police force, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, for somebody like myself, for somebody who's listening, for somebody that doesn't have that power or influence, what do people have to do, I guess, at the micro level uh, to at least help promote change when there's only so much that I or... Well, 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 people have been, people have been doing uh, little, people have been doing things on a micro level to help uh, expedite this process since forever. You know what I mean? Trying to change the way that people think about other... Uh, other people and other things and uh honestly uh you're talking to a wall with a lot of a lot of people who oppose things that are so blatantly obvious to oppose that is to it's it's not even worth even bringing up in in a conversation because you're just talking to a wall you're not talking you're no longer talking to a person you're talking to somebody who doesn't have who doesn't you're talking to somebody who who won't form a new opinion on something and who is stuck in their ways you know what i mean so um uh the the, the only thing that i can see as when when things get to a certain a certain boiling point with people over history where a lot of people are being um a lot of people are being controlled by a very few people and they're not happy. Um, uh, initially, they're going to be they'll be against each other, and they'll say that you know it's not them. We're not together. This isn't about us. It's about you. But eventually, once you 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 lie to people, enough, you know people start to come around. It's eventually going to turn into hey, this we were wrong. You know this is about this isn't about you or us. It's about them versus all of us you can't i understand that that people have to try to do something to help on the micro level but um just just you can't change something as as dominating and uh wide-reaching as the system that we're in right now from the inside we're just doing uh, thing things here and somebody doing a thing there and stuff like that just kind of separately you kind of um it's just not going to work it's just the thing it things too overpowering it's too much i think we're we're sort of coming to a point where people are gonna wake up and realize it's, it's them against us and when that happens as you know uh through you know reading a book or going to class for people that haven't gone to class and uh aren't in school it's called a revolution (laughs) and uh it sounds funny to think about it in in such a in such modern times as advanced uh advanced technological and all these breakthroughs that we've had in history but it all really comes back to are you doing what the people want you to do and if you're in a democracy and you're not doing what the people want you to do and enough people realize and come to the conclusion that, oh, I thought you were going to do what I told you to do, but once again, you failed me. Once that happened, you get things like the French Revolution, the American Revolution, exactly, you know, and uh, you're kinda, you kind of you kind of got to start over. And I think our, the, the thing that we're into right now is so big that you can't, uh, you can't tweak it 
and make it make it fit into what we're doing right now. I think you kind of um, have to start a whole new thing. You got to go with a whole new ideology about how people treat other people and how people work with people and live with people. And, um, you know, it, it, it's a bit, it's a bit cynical, but, you know, I'm just going off of what human history has taught us, hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you've given me more on the subject than I think you originally intended to. So I appreciate that. I, yeah, that's I, what happened. I, I hope you've got more left for your podcast on Sunday. What's the name, by the way? Okay, I don't know if you gave me, I don't know if you gave me a name of the podcast. Uh, the name of the podcast is going to be called West Coast Offense. West Coast Offense. I like it. Uh, yeah. we, we mentioned Leach. What's the most uh, memorable or, or fascinating kind of conversation that you were able to have with him during your time with him, either in his office, in the locker room, whatever, just you two to the side talking about something other than football? Uh, I mean, they're, they're no more or less memorable than you having a conversation with your buddy about uh, something that you guys don't really – agree on you know what i mean that's kind of really how it is it's not well i see memorable I, as much I, as much as it is in, informative you know what i mean i the only reason it's i disagree not, is because you and leach are are more interesting than me and my friends well that's what you say you know what i mean you guys don't give yourself enough credit is all that happens you know what i mean, I mean he, he goes on his rant and then i go on a couple of mine and then you know we look up and it's been two hours but was there a topic talking and stuff like that what is it was there a topic? You know, there's, there's many topics there's many topics we talk about we talk about politics and talked about climate change and you know uh all that just all the real controversial stuff mm-hmm. race you know what i mean we talk we talk about polar bears and <laughs> We talked about uh, we talked about uh, uh, Californication, the TV show, uh-huh. and what shows he likes, and we talk about Venice. You miss those times with him? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody misses college when you leave, right? You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not any exception to everybody. Anybody else, I fucking, I miss my friends. You know, what I mean, I'm I miss just getting uh getting to walk through the snow and walk to class, and you know. Uh, I miss coach, you know, you, miss, you start missing things that you didn't think you would miss. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You miss getting cussed out by coach and all that stuff. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, college was fun. Washington State's a, a place any everybody should visit, you know. And you... very few should stay. You know what I mean? Because it's not built for everybody, you know. <laughs> We've uh, gone well over the time I told you we would take, but I, I, if if you have the time, I would love to just quickly kind of get into this year's group and what you've seen from them so far. Yeah, I mean, uh, what 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 uh, what what part of the group? Well, I mean, just kind of your overall impressions. I mean, four games in, of the so team. yeah, the team. yeah, just a, a third of the season. What's jumped out to you about these guys? I mean, it's the same, it's the same, uh, same, it's the same uh, fire. And uh, com- uh, you know competitiveness and camaraderie that we, we that was that started to get implemented. Uh, you know that started you saw start to really change in 2015. You know what I mean the first year we won we won nine games, and um, that, that a lot of those guys that were on that team are still on this team. So you you're just hoping that they're continuing to uh, uh, continuing to push that you know, camaraderie and, you know, being together and uh, playing hard for each other uh, more than, you know, playing hard for yourself or, you know, or for the coaches or for the school and all like that. You know what I mean? This team, you know, you could obviously tell with that Boise State win that it was – that doesn't – just playing for yourself or playing for your your coach or your school or your town, that doesn't get you to – that doesn't get a team to come back from 21 down and with eight minutes left, you know what I mean? That – that's something else. So <laughs> I think that they're coming together and, you know, this week's going to, this week's going to be a, it'll be a week to, that kind of, um, it could, uh, impact the rest of the season, you know? So what I really do you, want them to win. What, uh, what about, <laughs> what about Falk so far? He had, uh, some interesting plot twists, especially in that Boise state game. And, and you fired off a tweet about it. Just well, <laughs> telling people to remember. Well, sure. Well, we we can't you like we can't forget people can't forget who this guy this guy deals with every day. He's, done, he's not dealing with a regular coach. He's dealing with our coach. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, the him getting pulled out of the Boise State game or whatever it looked like on TV, I don't know what really happened. But, you know, if that was the case and he did get pulled out, and you know, I mean, it's not like uh, when some other coach pulls you out of a game and says you need to sit down. It's like uh, Leach probably just was like, you know what, this is a good idea. <laughs> I'm going to do this. He did it. And, you know, the, the shit worked. You know, I mean, dude, through what, is he throwing 11 touchdowns in the last two games or something like that? One interception now. Yeah. He's got 14 touchdowns and one interception, and his team's 4-0. and And going in to play USC, and they're ranked number 16 in the country, the highest they've been in, like, what, 10 years or something like that, or since 2003? Longer than that, actually, yeah. I'm not good at that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he's 15 years or whatever, and uh, he he's got them – at a place they haven't been before, and no one seems to want to give this guy any credit. You know what I mean? He's like, see, you know, who's on Heisman Watch, who's on this, who's on that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, stop, uh, stop yanking our chain here. You know, <laughs> like the guys like legitimately could play on any team in any system, and he'd be great. Like he, he, he doesn't. He doesn't remind anybody of the typical uh, air raid offense quarterback. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The guy's 6'4". He's 215, 220 pounds, and he can make all the throws. And he's smart, and he knows how to uh, he knows how to check it, check down. He knows how to throw the ball away. Doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, and he's won a lot compared to the guys that haven't won that came before him. You know what I mean? So he's obviously doing something right. He's a great leader. He knows how to get guys to win for him. And at the end of the day, minus the fact that he's the he's the leading touchdown thrower in the country among active quarterbacks, minus that and the fact that he's probably going to be the Pac-12's all-time leading passer by the end of the year easily, minus the stats, isn't isn't uh, isn't winning <laughs> really really what it's about? And I mean. Who's done? Who's done more with less than him? Hmm. We're just we're we were a bunch of guys. We're a bunch of guys that, I mean, now we're starting to we're starting to get more guys that, you know, are like bona fide ballers and stuff like that. You know, James Williams and you know, Jameer Calvin and Tavares and uh, guys like that. Um, but um, when when he first came, when he first started playing, and that first Oregon State game and through the 2015 year. And last year he's playing with a bunch of guys that nobody really wanted, and we were able to beat the shit out of a lot of teams. <laughs> so I like to think that's what it's about. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure if he was at a, if he was at like Alabama or, or yeah, or if he was at if he was at UCLA uh, or something like that, or USC, or you know, um, where else. I don't know LSU. <laughs> if he was at Oklahoma, any, any SEC school, anybody else. If he was anywhere else, he'd he'd probably be the number one guy on the Heisman list. But since he's in little old Washington State up in Pullman, and uh, he plays for Coach Leach in the Air Raid, and uh, all that, then people people probably just uh, trying to write him off, but. I'm gonna. I'll do whatever I can to make sure that doesn't really happen. I don't really know what I can do, but you know, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go and start a protest. <laughs> protest of the Heisman. You'd have a lot of people yeah. here behind you. What uh, you, yeah. you you mentioned the USC game, and uh, you, you guys are have always been tough to cover because you know we want that rah rah stuff, and and Leach and the guys just don't give it to you because. You know the 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 biggest game is the next game and all that. But now that you're removed from mm-hmm. it, uh, can can you give us an idea of just how big this one is? Uh, well, I'm not that far removed from it. You know what I mean? I took <laughs> I took the 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 core values that I was that was that were drilled into my uh, my temple every day for five years. I kind of still got those ideas. So. I'm probably going to go with the guys and say it's just the next game. You know what I mean? I mean, 
and, and it is like in, in actuality, you guys can't deny that it, it's just the next game, you know, and it's obviously a big game. If we win that game, then, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're going into that next tier of, 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 of football that we've been trying to break through past couple years. You know what I mean? We've always been a game short, you know what I mean? A kick, a kick short in 2015, you know what I mean? We're going to the Pac-12 championship. So, you know, we're just, uh, we're just kind of, uh, we're right there. We've been on the doorstep for the past two years and to win this game would, would, would open that door for us. I feel like, and we'd be off to the races, you know, I'm sure they'd have to put him in the Heisman race after that. You know what I mean? But, mm. uh, you know, is there any extra, yeah. any extra juice for the California guys? You being one of them, you being a Southern California guy. Any extra juice for that? I mean, yeah. I mean, when I when we played SC in uh, Coliseum my sophomore year, I think it was, yeah, what? Uh, I mean, it was big. You know what I mean? Um, we grow up watching a lot of SC games and stuff like that. And we had Reggie and all of them, and, and uh, uh, Matt Liner, and you know Carson Palmer and all those guys. So we kind of grow up watching them, and then you know, you get to play against them. It's kind of a it's a cool thing. You know what I mean? And to beat them is even better because it's like I was right there. I was right outside. I was I was knocking on your door. You wouldn't let me in. So it's kind of that thing, you know what I mean? Uh, is there is there one thing Coog's got to do Friday? Is it is there one thing you one, can pinpoint? I mean, there's obviously a, a million different factors, but if you had to pick one thing that uh, would be a uh, a key to success, so to speak. Uh, well, the 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 receivers are going to have, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure, but I'm guessing that USC, uh, will probably take the, the stance of, uh, let's, let's, pre- let's jam these, the, these receivers on the outside and, um, try to throw off their timing, which a lot of teams have tried to do. Some have succeeded, you know, some have gotten destroyed because of that. You know what I mean? But, SC has their they uh, are real confident in their players, and their players are really confident in their athletic ability. That um, they'll probably put the corners and the nickel and all that stuff. They'll probably try to jam jam our receivers and you know try to mess up the timing and make them have to hold it for another second. Uh, in which case, they believe that they probably believe that their five star defensive linemen or whoever they are can get there with three seconds instead of two you know what i mean so um keeping luke up and not letting him get destroyed this week and our receivers beating uh their one-on-one battles with the with their corners and their safeties is obviously going to be the main thing because that's a lot of our offense you know what i mean and uh you sprinkle in the run hopefully we get the run the run going uh pretty early we can find some holes in there slip that then uh, get them off balance a little bit, have them think about the run, and maybe open up some 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 other stuff downfield. Uh, but I don't I don't really know. Leach Leach is gonna do what he wants to do. He doesn't really he doesn't really mind uh, about what anybody else is doing. He's gonna do his thing. So it just comes down to execution. Hopefully, you know, from what I've been seeing, the receivers our outside receivers starting to get a little more confidence. Tavares and Isaiah and CJ and our inside receivers are being pretty dynamic. You know, Jameer Calvin and Kyle Sweet's doing his thing, and you know, um, Renard Bell has been really. Uh, mm-hmm. He's actually been really surprising. He's been a surprising little addition there. He has a little more uh, uh, downfield. You know what I mean? He's like a good. Um, he's a good uh, switch up uh, from Sweet because Sweet's more of a. Uh, he he he's more of a technique guy. I hate to say that about. I hate to say that about that because it's so cliche, you know, the white receiver. Good route runner. <laughs> you know, the the white guy, he's, he's real gritty, you know what I mean? He's he's real a real technician, you know. He he runs really good routes. Somehow he's always open. That's Kyle Sweet, you know. That's that's sweet right there, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's a good mix-up that they have to worry about all that stuff. And Tavares is, Tavares is looking like he might, he might be trying to break some records here pretty soon if he can keep it up, you know what I mean? So – the confidence that they got, you know, and our running backs obviously have confidence. 
and what they can do. Luke has confidence in what he can do, and our defense is playing good, and it should be a good game. You know, we just got to we got to get out to a uh, we got to get out to a quick start. Can't have any slow start. Slow start's going to be a long day. What What are you? We come out. We come out ready to go. It's going to be a, it'll be a dog fight. How are you doing being a spectator? Uh, what, what What's your demeanor like when you're watching these games? I love it. What do you mean? You you loud? Not bad. You you quiet and calculated. Like what? Are you? Uh, no, I mean I'm just watching. Seat? I'm what? No, I mean I watch it as uh, I mean differently from most people. As you know, you've heard that whole sh- that whole shit before. It's like oh, I played, so I see the game differently. You know what I mean? But but now you're true. really saying that. <laughs> I'm actually telling you that we see the game differently from you guys. <laughs> and yeah, and I know the plays. I can see the things that he's calling and stuff, and see if it, you know I can. Pretty, kind of predict where he's going to go with the ball. So I'm kind of watching it as like I'm on the sideline. You know what I mean? What? Um, yeah. What? What? Did, I think you tweeted out that video of Tony Romo calling all the plays. That shit's amazing. It's amazing, right? That blew my mind. I, again, I'm not one of those guys. I'm not one of you guys. I didn't play the game, so I have no idea what's going on. But that blew my no, mind. Guys, dude, these, quarter, these quarterbacks are like, especially in the NFL, it's like, you don't know until you until you get there, but it's like, jeez, like these guys are geniuses. They got to know so much. Like I was, I was, uh, I had Josh McCown. Josh McCown is a quarterback for the mm-hmm. Jets, you know, and he he's in like his fifteenth year or something like that. You know what I mean? And it's just like a whole different level of knowledge of a game. I didn't even think. It's like I don't even I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I, I trust you, man. You know. Hey, Gabe, I appreciate you. So, yeah. I, I appreciate your time. This yeah. is a lot of fun. Um, looking forward yeah. to the podcast, so we can expect that on Sunday. West Coast offense. Yeah. So we'll look out for West yeah. Coast offense Sunday. And uh, how often do you guys yeah. think you're Gabe Marks, Alexander Diamant, Chad Lahan? How often? Uh, every week. Every week. Sundays, West yeah. Coast offense. We'll be listening for you. And, uh, yeah. you know, we always enjoy talking to you. We, we miss hearing from you on a weekly basis or a twice weekly basis yeah. after games as well. Uh, it was always a pleasure. And so uh, you're certainly missed here, but we're looking forward to seeing uh, what's next down the line with you, starting with the podcast. All right. Appreciate it, man. Thanks.